0: Welcome back to the Fueled and Well podcast. Today, I am going to help you work through a question that you've probably had since you started trying to recover from HA, which is, is what I'm doing work? Is it enough? Am I going wrong somewhere that maybe I don't know about? Because until you get that first period, and honestly, even until you get through the first few. It's really easy to doubt yourself and wonder if you've made the right changes or enough changes for your body to be recovering. So in today's episode, I'm going to share with you some signs that you are on the right track and also tell you about my favorite tool for tracking progress in recovery, even before you get that first cycle. Obviously, a large part of recovery from HA is physical, right? There are a lot of actual changes to behavior and health habits that you have to make to get your period back. However, recovery is also a really big mental game. It's not just about the physical because you're making all these changes you are maybe feeling less in control with your body because you aren't able to restrict calories or over-exercise like you used to. And every day, every week, every month that passes without your period makes you probably question more and more if you're doing it right, if you should be doing more, if it's even worth it. Like, it, it is so, so mental. And depending on what your primary motivator is for getting your period back, it can be really hard to be patient. I'm thinking in particular about like athletes that I work with who really, really want to get back to normal sport and performance or women I work with who are wanting to get pregnant sooner rather than later, right? There are certain times where the ability to be patient is even more tested. And that's not to say that if you don't fall into one of those examples I just gave, that you have to be more patient or that it's not as hard for you because I know it's hard. But that's just to say, it is a really, really big mental game, not just a physical game. And so something that I find really important to consider is how are you going to give yourself a little bit of peace of mind during this process? How are you going to tap into what is going on in your body outside of obviously the primary sign we're looking for, which is getting that first recovery period. But until that's there, how do we know that we're on the right track, right? There are a lot of signs. So we're going to talk through those. But first things first, before you even consider kind of looking at these indicators or going down this path, I want you to get really honest with yourself. If you have only just been kind of dipping your toe into food and exercise changes, if you're still weighing yourself or maybe you've agreed to change food but not exercise or vice versa, you're likely not as close unfortunately to that first recovery cycle as you'd like to be and your effort, your energy, your focus is probably better served on going back to kind of the foundational Physical changes that you need to be making. Your energy is probably not best put in this place, which is a little bit more about—I don't want to say fine tuning, but like it's kind of that next layer of recovery, right? Once you've got the basic physical components of recovery down, then we can start to spend a little bit of time looking at these more subjective markers to understand where you're at. And if you feel like, gosh, I don't—I don't know—I do feel like maybe I'm holding back a little bit but I'm not quite sure what else to be focusing on right now. I would recommend you go back to episode 24, which are the five daily habits you need to be doing for HA recovery. That is a really good place to start. If you feel like you have made small changes, but you don't know if they're maybe the right changes or you need kind of a good guideline as to where to jump in more fully. And then also episode 20, Are you hindering your own HA recovery is a really, really great one because it deals with misconceptions, things that you might think are fine to be doing, but probably are slowing you down. So I just wanted to call that out first. If you can really get honest with yourself and recognize, okay, I know I need to make more changes. Like I can tell that what I'm doing is kind of like just straddling the line here and doing a little bit to feel better about the process, but not really diving into recovery. I would recommend going back and listening to those episodes and working on some of that stuff first. Now, if you feel like you really have made significant changes, but you also are getting anxious that what if it's not enough or you want some reassurance as you wait for that first cycle to come back, it's a really, really great time to start reflecting on the different signs that your body might be sending you. Now, everyone's recovery process looks different and no two bodies are going to provide you with the same exact set of recovery indicators, but there are some signs that are pretty common that show us that your body is changing in a way that is positive. And so some of those most common signs are going to be increased hunger, kind of baseline hunger throughout the day, especially having hunger in the morning when that previously was absent. And then this might sound like I'm contradicting myself, but I want you to be mindful of my actual wording here. If you're also experiencing less extreme hunger, right? So bouts of hunger that are like really aggressive and all consuming and lead to, you know, binging or eating multiple different items of food, even past comfortable fullness, especially the types of extreme hunger that come at the end of the day or at night, that's a good sign as well because those really aggressive, surprising, and late night surges of hunger are a sign that your body's being underfed throughout the day. So if you're having less of that happening, that's really great. If you're noticing an improvement in your mood or lessened anxiety, that's a great sign. Additionally, improvements in your sex drive can be a really good indicator. If you're getting better quality sleep, that's a good sign, but you also might want more sleep. So you might be trending towards sleeping longer, but it's better quality. Those are both indicators that your body is able to get into a more restful state. Your nervous system is likely less overstimulated, but also that your body is expending a lot of energy to turn some of these systems back on. If you are noticing less frequent or less ruminating types of food thoughts, that's a really good sign that your brain is less worried about focusing on making sure it's making you think about food all the time so that you can get adequate calories because maybe you weren't getting enough before so as frequency intensity rumination of food thoughts decreases that's an indicator that your body's feeling a little more safe additionally if you notice increased satisfaction whether that is mental or physical satisfaction at meals That's just a great indicator that you're doing a better job at putting something on your plate that is adequate for your body. If you're noticing less stress, less physical tension, that can be a really good sign as well. Feeling more energized on the days when you do exercise. So let me clarify with this one. Something that I see a lot for women is when they finally get their exercise to a volume that is appropriate for their current hormonal status, they don't feel like they are dragging themselves through that little bit of strength training or that yoga class whereas before they might have felt like they were running on fumes if you feel good when you're moving versus tired struggling to keep up pushing through that's great now this one's not a fun sign (laughs) it's actually one that is probably most frustrating in early recovery but it is just kind of part of how your body adapts if you're noticing a bit more bloat or trouble with digestion especially in that first four to six weeks that is simply a sign that you are likely meeting your body's energy needs more adequately but your gut function just hasn't kind of like picked up yet to address those increased digestion needs if that makes sense. So there's a little bit of a disconnect there but your gut is made up of muscles that require a lot of energy. And so the the more you adequately feed your body, the more those muscles are going to be able to work for you. So this period of increased bloat or other digestive issues shouldn't last too long. But if you are noticing some of that, it does not mean that you're eating too much. I promise you. It just means your body is trying to recalibrate and upregulate how much work the digestive system is doing because it's probably been a little bit sleepy, a little bit dormant for a while now. And then two more signs, and then we're going to get into my favorite, favorite way to track this stuff. So changes in cervical mucus or even just presence of cervical mucus when maybe you didn't have much of anything before can be a really great indicator. I will actually link an article that I like. It's really simple but it's just a nice little overview of what you might be expecting or seeing in like changes in your body's cervical mucus production throughout your cycle. Even if you're not getting your period yet, there may be changes as your body is starting to recover. And then finally, if your baseline or average basal body temperatures are starting to increase over time, that is a fantastic indicator of your metabolism kind of correcting, rebounding, your hormones starting to adjust. And we'll talk more about basal body temps when we talk about this tool in a second. Okay. So I know that's a long list. I had them bulleted, but I think that was like 12 or 13 things. And as a reminder, you're not going to feel all of these things happening all the time, right? But if you've been making significant changes to food, exercise, stress management, for like a good you know month or more and you are noticing a handful of these it means that it's very likely things are happening beneath the surface your body is noticing those additional calories that increased rest the improved stress management and in return it is responding by upregulating some of those systems like your hormones and your digestion that have been altered or suppressed for a while If you have been giving recovery like an honest, legit try now for four to six weeks and you feel as though none of these things I just listed have changed, that's a really good sign that maybe you need to lean in a little bit harder to recovery, whether that be eating more, exercising less, addressing stress, getting some accountability, different ways to approach it depending on what you've already changed, but something to think about. And I want to acknowledge that if you are someone that loves numbers and data and lists, maybe just hearing me list off a bunch of signs, especially because most of them are subjective, maybe that doesn't feel like enough, right? Maybe you're like, okay, I get it. That sounds great. But also, how do I really know, right? Where is the evidence, the cold hard facts? Because I'm working on this stuff. I'm spending time and mental energy on it, and I want to make sure it's worth it and it's working. If that sounds like you, because I totally get it, and I am a numbers-driven person, I hear you, I can't give you an exact answer, right, to whether or not what you are doing is working tied up with a nice little bow, but I can share with you one of my favorite tools for digging a little bit deeper into recovery indicators even before you get that first period. So let's talk about tracking fertility signs, and indicators of recovery progress. So the three fertility signs, physical things that you can track are going to be, one, basal body temperature, which is the lowest body temperature attained after a period of rest, so typically first thing in the morning. That just gives us an idea of your body temp before you have done things that might alter it, like getting up and moving around and all of that. And throughout the course of a menstrual cycle, Your basal body temperature changes based on which hormones are highest, surges of hormones, all of that stuff. The way you can measure basal body temp is with a basal body temp thermometer. You can get one for like 10 bucks on Amazon. You don't need anything fancy. And I will link an article about how to best measure your basal body temp just so you have that. The second fertility sign you can track is going to be cervical mucus, which I know I mentioned in kind of that list of indicators before, but basically it's just a fluid produced by your cervix that is influenced by hormonal changes throughout your cycle. There's different kind of like consistencies and textures and things like that, that you may see as certain hormones are the predominant ones throughout your cycle. And again, there's an article linked for that as well. And then lastly, cervical positioning. So both positioning and how soft your cervix is will change based on where you're at in your cycle as well. This one's a little bit harder to assess and the first two, so the temperature and cervical mucus in conjunction with each other, will already tell us plenty in this fertility tracking category. So I usually encourage clients to just focus on those first two, because they're a little less intimidating and they're really straightforward. If we have a handle on those two physical signs of fertility, then we should be good to go in this category. Additionally, what we're going to do alongside keeping track of those fertility indicators are identifying some recovery indicators that you can also track, which are some of the more subjective things that I was talking about before when I listed out signs that your body's recovering. But some of my favorites are perceived stress level, energy level, hunger, mood, and things like keeping track of any new food or exercise changes you're making so that you can kind of see connections between, okay, I added a third, you know, snack. Like I have a snack at night now before bed and I've noticed, you know, energy's a little bit better. And I've noticed that this month compared to last month, my basal body temps are a little higher, right? That can be really, really helpful to have these physical indicators of hormonal recovery and fertility alongside the more subjective things like what do my behaviors look like or how am I feeling and if you're thinking okay yeah okay got it got it there's all these moving parts I gotta keep track of them I guess I'll go figure out how I'm gonna do that and put a bunch of post-it notes everywhere or get the notes app in my phone here's the thing I've actually created a spreadsheet that I made for the women in my group coaching program period recovery breakthrough because I know that keeping all of this information in one place so that you can easily see trends and get validation that things are changing, that you are progressing, can feel really, really good. It can give you a lot of peace of mind that you might not have right now if you haven't gotten that first period back, right? It's kind of like gnawing at you until that happens. And what I've noticed with tracking in this spreadsheet is it's really, really easy to see all of the data and see how it might be connected compared to a like fertility or like cycle tracking app where you can't customize what you're looking at and the notes that you're taking alongside of those physical indicators. So I created this spreadsheet because I just didn't see an option that I loved that helped us look at things like basal body temp and cervical mucus alongside stress and energy and food and exercise changes because all of that together creates a really really nice picture that really helps us understand are we on the right track are we seeing any sort of change or are we stagnant the spreadsheet also has some really specific to ha recovery pieces such as a calculation every 10 days that takes an average of your basal body temps so that we can see if they're rising over time. That's a really, really good sign. In HA recovery, maybe you aren't seeing, you know, peaks in your basal body temps yet that would indicate a potential ovulation. But if you started recovery three months ago with an average basal body temp of 96.5, and now you're closer to an average BBT of 97, We love that, right? And so I've built in some HA-specific pieces to this spreadsheet as well. And we have things like places to take notes on the habits you've changed and all of that stuff too. So it's a really, really nice way to gather all these different types of relevant information in one spot. And you can just take a look at it maybe weekly and see, okay, how am I doing now? Have things changed? Does it look like I'm making some kind of progress? even without that first period, which obviously is like, oh, such a sigh of relief. But until you get there, you're holding your breath. So just to recap, first half of the episode, we were focusing on just those subjective signs that your body is responding and doing better. And then we kind of transitioned into how do we use that in a bit more of a concrete way, right? How do we really take some of these physical indicators, mix them with the subjective stuff and give you that peace of mind you're looking for? If you've been asking yourself this, am I doing enough question for a while, I want you to check out our show notes for today's episode because I have a link in there for you to grab that fertility signs and recovery indicators tracking spreadsheet. I know that's a mouthful, but being patient in this process honestly is so damn hard sometimes. And I hope that utilizing that spreadsheet and listening to this episode gives you a little bit of peace of mind so that you can feel secure in your recovery process and give your body the time it needs to recover without just sitting there stalling, right? Cause that is not a fun feeling when you're working on this stuff. So again, check out the show notes for those couple of articles that help guide you on tracking signs. And then also for that link to our spreadsheet, which I'm very proud of <laughs> and I think is really, really beautiful and comprehensive and helpful. That is all I have for you this week. I can't wait to chat with you next week. We are doing a listener Q&A next week. So I've probably already recorded it by the time you're hearing this, but tune in for that to hear some really common questions answered. Talk to you soon.